Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. You found the place where we talk horses. I'm your host, John Hare. Some 15 or 16 years ago, I worked as a volunteer at Clinton Anderson's Walkabout Tours. It was fun being on the inside, even if it was only for a weekend. The people that surround Clinton are special, and it was at one of these events I first met John Zeliff. John lives in Missouri, and we've kept in touch over the years. He sends me great suggestions for guests. I've seen photos of John and his horse Festus doing competitive trail riding. A little while back, he suggested I contact the North American Trail Riding Conference Executive Director Sarah Rinney to learn more about competitive trail riding. I've been horseback a lot over the summer and working on other projects, but it was on my to-do list. Then, about a month ago, a friend up in Tehachapi, Rob Dixon, who rides an Oak Creek horse named Jack, announced he was hosting a sanctioned NATRC ride in September. The Tehachapi Mountains are a beautiful place to ride, and I wondered what it would take to get involved in competitive trail riding. So, I emailed Sarah. We set up a time to Skype. So, if you're a recreational trail rider, come along and learn all about the NATRC. Good morning, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm good, John. It's nice to be with you today. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming on the show and teaching me a little bit more about competitive trail riding. My first question is, what's the difference between a competitive trail ride and an endurance ride like the Tavis Cup, for example? I guess to preface it, there are a few different competitive trail riding organizations out there, and we're all a little bit different in what we offer. And, uh, but I'll just speak to the North American Trail Ride Conference just because that's, that's what we do. Okay. But for example, the, the biggest difference really is the, uh, is the timing of the event. Endurance riding is, is a race. So essentially, they start the clock and it's a race to the finish. So the fastest horse to finish that is fit to continue essentially is the winner. So the horse has to be deemed by a veterinarian fit to continue on in competition in order to be completed. Mm -hmm. Uh, In competitive trail riding, you have a certain amount of time to complete a marked trail. So it's not a race. You have to finish um, in a window of time. So you can't complete ahead of the minimum time and you can't complete beyond the maximum time. Um, In our sport, you have a 30 minute window. So Timing is important. You have to understand pacing. You have to understand uh, how to pace your horse. You have to understand your map and knowing the waypoints along the map so that you don't get ahead of your time or behind your time too far that you can't make up for it. It is also about, you know, good horse care and managing your horse properly over the miles. So those are the, really, those are the two main differences between endurance and competitive trail riding because both sports are, are, are about good horse care um, and, and having a fit and sound horse over the miles. So mm-hmm. those two things are consistent amongst both sports. The biggest difference is timing. Really, the biggest difference, though, for, for our sport, when you compare different competitive trail riding organizations, what makes our sport unique is that we judge horsemanship 
And not Hmm. all competitive trail riding organizations do that. While competitive trail riding events judge timing, they don't all judge horsemanship. And that's a very, very important element of our sport. And how do you judge horsemanship? So it is often a misconception in our sport and people outside of the sport assume that we are looking for show ring equitation. You know, you go to a horse show and you watch people in their pretty sequins turning circles in the arena. That's that's not what we're looking for. We are looking for riders that are riding their horse in a way that is light and balanced, that is protecting the horse's back, their body, their mouth, um, everything, anything that is going to protect that horse's body to help that horse stay fit and comfortable over the long distance miles. And also good horse care, you know, making sure that that horse is eating and drinking, you know, over the miles, making sure that that horse is, is healthy, good horse care, good horsemanship. That, that is the type of horsemanship that we evaluate and judge in our competitions. Um, we're looking for teamwork. We look at the partnership between the horse and the rider. So it's a little bit of a, it's a different approach to judging horsemanship than what people might imagine at a horse event. It's very, it's a very critical part of what we do and it carries over. So if someone competes with their horse outside of our sport, whether, whether it is in a show ring or if they, you know, if they're competing in even in cattle work or if they do cross over to an endurance, I mean, I'm a crossover, I, I do endurance and completed the Tevis cup in 2018 and I, I attribute my successes in other areas of the horse world to my experience in NATRC and what I learned in horsemanship through this sport to that. So it's, it's a very critical component. And I don't feel that I would be where I'm at in, in my life with horses without it. It's very important. Sarah, last year with COVID and people not being able to ride, I rode the Tevis Cup Virtual Challenge. Did the NATRC have virtual rides last year? And is that something you're going to continue? We did. We offered uh, virtual challenges, both obstacle challenges and also a mileage challenge. And we, are, we did continue it this year and we are active with it again. Mm-hmm. And they are available through our website. So actually, if someone goes to our homepage on our website, which is um, www.natrc.org, there is a button front and center that has the virtual challenges posted. And they can sign up. It's very easy to use. Uh, everything is submitted electronically. Instructions are right there on our page. But yes, yeah, we have prizes for the obstacle challenges and for mileage. Anybody can sign up. You have to be a member, but we have multiple levels of membership available. We are offering free memberships for our brand new members. So uh, for folks that have never been a member of NATRC before. Oh, wow. Yeah, first year membership is free. So we do encourage that. But for folks that aren't doing our, our traditional competitions, we do have what's called our fan memberships, mm-hmm. and those are only five dollars a year. So it's it's kind of nice. So they, anybody that's um, fan membership can still participate in our virtual challenges. 
and it's a lot of fun. Virtual challenges, you can film those. If you do the obstacles, you can film them from anywhere. Your barn, you know, if you're out trail riding with friends, you can do the obstacle challenges. One of the things about our sport, when we obstacle, uh, do obstacles, they are all natural. Uh, we don't do gimmicks. Um, everything is natural to the terrain. We don't do anything contrived. And that's, that's the other thing. We're very safety focused. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything that we do focuses on equine safety and safety for the rider. So, you know, you won't see anything. Um, our judges aren't going to ever ask a horse and rider team to do something that is unsafe or unnatural. Right. It would have to be something that would specifically pertain to the trail or something that would be asked on the trail that would pertain to safety. And the same thing applies to our virtual challenges. We try to keep everything consistent amongst our competitions, whether it's virtual or actually in our traditional competitions as well. But yes, we do. Um, Last year, we offered the virtual challenges. They were quite successful. People had a lot of fun with them. So we continued them for 2021. And as far as we're concerned, we'll probably roll them into 2022 as well. Okay, so you've got me kind of intrigued by this. And I want to take my horse out for a competitive trail ride. First, how far am I going to have to ride and how good of condition will my horse have to be in? Well, it kind of depends on what your goals are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A couple of years ago, we introduced a new division called the leisure division. And we we recognize that society is a lot busier now than it ever used to be. I've been with the sport since 1988. Wow. I was a very young girl when I started the sport. Uh, I had a lot more time when I started the sport. I used to be able to ride my horse for hours and hours a day. And my horse was very fit back then. And the reality is a lot of families and, you know, people in general don't have as much time as they used to have. It runs the gamut. We have people of all ages and come from all walks of life. You have folks that have time to condition and train. And then we have folks that don't. And basically our sport has a division and a place for, for just about everyone. And and for all ages of horses as well. Um, The minimum age for horses is age four. Mm. However, you have people that are riding aged horses as well. And so, you know, that's often the thing. Well, I'm riding a horse that's old and probably can't do the mileage of a traditional competition. And the leisure division, and the reason I talk about that first, is simply because it can either be a gateway division or it can be a destination division. Mm -hmm. So I talk about that first simply because it can be whatever whatever folks want it to be. And and I like that about it. Uh, It is a team division, so horse and rider are judged together as a team. The average mileage, it can be between 8 miles and 12 miles for that competition. The mileage, it's usually between 3.5 to 4 miles an hour is the average pace. So it's it's very moderate, and it's kind of a one-day deal. So for folks who don't have a lot of time, it doesn't involve a lot of time commitment, both in terms of conditioning and prep, and the, the actual competition itself doesn't require a lot of time commitment and travel. Right. So it's kind of, you could come in that day, 
check in your horse, compete, and go home the same day. Everything um, is fairly condensed, which is appealing to a lot of people that have, you know, careers or families or just not a lot of time to get stuff done. Right. We also have our traditional competitions, uh, and those are usually more mileage. We have one-day format for those, which are uh, in the novice division is usually 15 to 20 miles a day. Mm-hmm. And there's the one-day format, and then there's a the two-day format. So that does require usually a weekend commitment if you do the two-day format. You come in on a Friday, check in your horse, and you ride Saturday, Sunday. And the novice and competitive pleasure divisions are 10 to 20 miles a day. And the average pace is usually between three and a half to four miles an hour. And then do they give like daily awards? So like, say you can only do one day. Can you win that day and then be off? Or uh, do you have to compete both days? Well, if you do the one-day ride, then yes, it would just be based on that one day. Okay. If you do the two-day ride, then it's based on the two days. And then there's the the open division, and they are usually between 20 and 30 miles a day. And it's a faster pace between usually five and six miles an hour. And they also have a one-day or a two-day format. And each ride offers different things. And so... Folks that are interested in signing up can just look at the website and look to see what each ride is offering in terms of registration. It will say what type of what ride types are being offered for that particular ride. And you mentioned something about obstacles early on. Are there any obstacles Mm -hmm. on your competitive trail rides? Yes, and that's part of the evaluation. So at these rides, we have both a veterinary judge who evaluates the horse. And so their primary responsibility is to judge the horse's fitness and condition. They also evaluate the horse's manners and behavior. And then you have the horsemanship judge, and the horsemanship judge evaluates the rider's equitation, safety, horse handling, horse care. And so then the awards are kind of interesting because Horse and rider on the traditional rides are actually scored separately and awarded separately. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. So you could, your horse could win and you could come in last. You could get absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always joke, oh, yeah, my horse, my horse beat me again, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, it's really, um, it's, it's kind of fun in that way. And um, so, so, yeah, so that's part of the the fun of it is you just kind of never know yeah you know and for some if if you're in that that two-day format your horse might be a little bit uh, more energetic on day one and you do a good job of controlling him and you might beat him that day but then on the second day he's got a little less energy and you're a little bit more fatigued and it goes the other way yes we always joke about we we look forward to our sunday horse (laughs) Right. <laughs> yeah, if only you could bring him on Saturday, you'd be in great shape. Yes. Yeah, we and we always joke about, you know, that the horse that we uh, get out of the trailer on Friday isn't the same horse that we, you know, brought from home. So right. <laughs> there's, they're usually a little bit different. But the, the fun part about the obstacles is 
again, they're natural to the terrain. They, what they're designed to do is to, to mimic something that we could engage on tra- trail. Maybe, maybe you're jammed up somewhere and you have to be able to manipulate your horse's body around some trees backing up to get out of it. Can you control and manipulate your horse's body? Can you side pass your horse? Can you pivot your horse? Part of that teamwork and training really shows you where you're at with your horse in terms of partnership and control and understanding your horse and your horse understanding you. Mm -hmm. And it's fun because it gives you homework nine times out of 10 right? that you can, you can go home and figure out what you need to work on. And I, what I love about it is I can take my horse just about anywhere. I, I'm not afraid to take my horse and go to any other event because I know I can handle my horse and feel confident in that. And I, I've gained that through these competitions. It takes a lot of that guesswork out. Mm-hmm. So is there a map or a mark trail and how many riders go out in in a group are they We have maps the maps are something we take a lot of pride in mm-hmm. <laughs> they're well marked trails are marked turns are marked the maps have you know point to point data and timing and makes it a lot easier a lot of a lot of the trails anymore are GPS and time very very well yeah, you know, there's always room for error, but as long as you can generally read a map, these maps are usually so well laid out, it's it's pretty hard to get lost. But we have ride briefings, uh, mandatory ride briefings prior to the ride, where we go over the maps, we talk about any points that riders need to look for, talk about important points along the map, such as pulse and respiration checks. There's uh, at least two of those along the trail where the horses have a mandatory 10-minute rest period where they have their pulse and respirations checked to make sure that they are recovering properly. And if they're not, then they're held there until they do. And if they don't, then they're, they're pulled from the ride. They are checked by the veterinarian at least twice during the ride for their metabolic parameters, again, to make sure that they're doing okay. You know, they can also lose points at these different checkpoints. They may be doing okay, but if they're not as fit as the next horse, they might lose points. So it's also part of the competition, you know, that fitness evaluation. Right. So then they get the maps at the briefings. They go over all of that information. How many people go out on a ride together? So everybody is timed out, usually 30 seconds apart. Okay. And they'll send out the open division. So the, the group that goes farther and faster is timed out first. And they time them out. Usually, typically it's 30 seconds apart. I have seen it where they're a minute apart. I have seen it where they're 15 seconds apart. But the average is usually 30 seconds apart, just so that there's a little bit of a window between each rider. And then each rider is usually advised to set their watch for noon and then as soon as they are timed out, then they start their watch. It's a lot easier to keep track of their ride time that way. Got it. And then that way they don't have to worry about trying to do the math in their head <laughs> while they're trying to keep track of everything else as they're riding. I would imagine that because 
a lot of the rides are two days affair, that the trail riding community is a pretty tight-knit, family-friendly community as well. It is. It's very much a family. They're my extended family, and many of them are people I have literally known most of my life. I literally, I mean, I, I call them my, my horse parents <laughs> because <laughs> I have several of them I have known since I was a little girl. And, and I have family all across the country, which is awesome. And I'm a, I'm a horsemanship judge for the sport. Okay. So I have traveled the entire country and judged in basically every region, which has been fantastic because I've gotten to meet everybody and just and being in my position as the executive director, it's a lot of fun. You know, I email a lot of people in okay. my role. I communicate with a lot of people across the country. So to be able to have uh, a face to a name and then judging, it, it's a lot of fun to, to actually get to meet folks. And I mean, if there's one thing that's consistent is it is definitely a family from region to region and you can feel it when you're in the regions and every region has their own little traditions and fun events that they do at their rides or fun little traveling traditions from ride to ride that I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just makes a lot of fun. It's fun to encourage people to travel also into other regions, not just ride in their own region. And there's been a lot more of that too. From looking at your website, are there rides in just about every state? Not yet. Not yet. We're working to continue to spread into other states. We are more concentrated in some states than others. And you can kind of see on our website where we're real heavy, but we don't have a lot of presence in our Northeast section. And we'd really like to branch out in that direction you know, we're, we're always looking to expand. We have interest and we have people that are interested. So we're really hoping with our leisure division, which takes a, a little bit less time commitment and a little bit less personnel to implement, we're hoping that maybe we can get a little, a little bit more of a foothold. And we've um, have gotten more with our, our virtual challenges. We've gotten more folks uh, attached to the sport through that. And we're hoping that maybe with some of our folks that are participating in that, we can get them involved and maybe starting some of the leisure division rides and then spread from there. Yeah, they can kind of tip their toe in the water with the virtual ride. And then if they're enjoying it, which I'm sure they will, they may try to set up the, a ride of their own. Like my friend Rob did. He's going to, he he went to a ride in San Diego and had such a good time. He came back. He lives in the Tatchby Mountains. And that's just beautiful country to ride in. So I think uh, he's going to get a lot of people for that ride. And if you've never been exposed to the Tatchby Mountains, this might make it a, a good excuse for you to come on out to Tatchby and, and ride with him. So you get to see new and exotic places too. Absolutely. Well, and that's the joy of this sport. And we ride a lot of private ground, places that you can't ride otherwise. Right. And if you can't, you know, if nothing else, boy, come come ride with us just to check out these places you can't get to otherwise. 
That's an excellent point, because if you're riding on private ground, you can pretty much rest assured that there's not going to be ATVs or mm-hmm. e-bikes or anything else that's on that property. You get to just ride and enjoy the country. It's quiet and private and no other interference. And just trail, trail you wouldn't see otherwise. Right. Now, and you've been with the NATRC, like you said, since 1988. What changes mm-hmm. have you seen along the way in not only your organization, but maybe the horse and riders? One of the things that a lot of people, and, and I would I would concur with this, we, we've been accused of having too many rules. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I would concur with some of that. And we worked really hard to eradicate that from our reputation. I mean, any sport, you have to have rules because that helps keep some integrity and, and just keep things clean. But we did, we did have some things. Uh, we had a lot of chewing restrictions and things that turned a lot of people off. And mm-hmm. we have done away with a lot of that. We, we don't, we don't have the shoeing restrictions we used to have and we allow boots and we are we have a lot of hoof protection and stuff that we used to never allow and that was a big deal. We're 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 quite liberal now with, with hoof protection and so if for folks that were concerned about that, I would encourage them to take a look at us again that have concerns about some of our rules or at least reach out to me and, and ask if a rule that concerned them in the past <laughs> is still in existence. I'd right. be happy to, to talk. As far as riding, equitation has definitely evolved. The way that we ride has evolved. And, you know, horse care in general has evolved. You know, I look at drug appendices and the way that we that we feed and care for our horses has evolved mm. tenfold since I started this sport. I would say those are some of the biggest things. And a lot of it's just learning. You know, we've come so far in terms of technology and science and, you know, we've learned so much more about our horses, even the hind gut and just general feeding care and how our horses process. We've just learned a lot more. And in turn, we've, we've learned how to care better for our horses and then we've evolved in our processes and what we allow and, and how we educate our riders too. Right. <laughs> and that's a big our sport, our big part of our sport is education. And so we work hard to educate our riders. And that's part of what our judges do, both veterinary judges and horsemanship judges, is we work to educate riders through the process of judging when we're at our rides. Right. And I do think that in the last 30 years, and I would put this in kind of the recreational riding community, that that community is generally a little bit older adults who want to do something with their horse, but that's not speed related or danger related. And you guys put such an emphasis on horse safety and rider safety that I think this is a great sport for just about anybody who is trail riding and maybe not so so much bored with it, but are looking for new adventures to go someplace, to hit new trails, to see new places and to meet some other people and share their experience with horses with them. Absolutely. We have people that have been riding their whole lives, but we also have people who, you know, they maybe rode as a 
as a kid mm-hmm. and then got busy with careers and families and stepped away from horses for 20 or 30 years. And then we were like, you know, I think I want to get back into horses. And so right. they did and just picked up horses and decided, you know, I feel like I need something to do. And they found us and then they came and rode with us. You don't have to have a special horse. You don't have to have a certain kind of horse. We're a melting pot of equines. We have every breed. We have mules. We have, you know, we have it all. And we all, we're a melting pot of riders and people and all walk, you know, we, that's what makes it fun. You don't have to ride in a certain type of gear or saddle, you know, you can you can take what you have and just get out on the yep. trail and enjoy it with some friends. This has been great, Sarah. Thanks so much for educating us about competitive trail riding. If people want to find out more, where shall we send them? Definitely visit our website at www.natrc.org. Good. Definitely, it's a very comprehensive website. I looked at it. It is. It's got a lot of information on there, and I think you can pretty much find a ride in your area or relatively close to it. I would encourage people to go out and do that. Definitely. It's been great talking to you, and I really, really appreciate visiting with you. For those of you who live in the Central California area, there is a NATRC-sanctioned ride right here in Tehachapi. And on the phone right now, I have my friends Rob Dixon and his wife Catherine, and they're hosting the ride in the Old West area of Tehachapi, September 4th and 5th of 2021. Good afternoon, Rob and Catherine. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. Doing great. Thank you. Doing wonderful, John. Good to hear from you. What made you want to host an NATRC ride? <laughs> There's a couple of, couple of reasons, actually. We've attended rides outside of our area, uh, driven all the way to San Diego to attend. And we have quite a bit of property here in Old West Ranch, and uh, Old West Ranch itself is comprised of about 5,000 acres. And we thought, well, it's so beautiful here in our own backyard. Maybe if we don't have to drive to one of these rides, it could be twice as fun. There you go. And what is the area that people will be riding in? Is this private property? Yes, it's entirely private property. And so it is by invitation, really. We've set out some courses that go mostly along our roads that we use to get to and from our our collective homes here. Uh, there are only about two dozen permanent residents living on Old West Ranch. We're trying to avoid too much bushwhacking, but there's a little bit of that as well. It's a, quite a technical course, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. This is a two-day ride. Do you have accommodations for if people want to spend the night? Well, technically, each ride is a separate ride. So it's it's actually two one-day rides. Okay. The reason they're set up that way has to do with the divisions within an ATRC competitive trail ride. The division that we're having here this uh, that weekend is the leisure division. And so the the mileage is somewhere between 8 and 12 miles. And it's designed that way so that if you have maybe a new horse or are new to competitive trail riding, you can trailer in, do the ride, go through the awards ceremony, and trailer out. You don't have to camp. 
whereas the other divisions, because they're longer and they do comprise two or three days, camping is required. So yes, we do have camping here on the property for the for the weekend in case someone wants to do both rides. But again, each ride that we're putting on are standalone rides. So you, you don't have to camp if you don't want to, but you can. Who would be the best person to attend this ride? I mean, what's your target audience? That's actually a, a good question. The ride that we're putting on, again, it's the leisure division ride. It's a shorter ride. And the philosophy behind it is if you have a new horse, a green horse, if you're new to competitive trail riding, maybe you wanted to just learn about what competitive trail riding is, this leisure division ride may be the perfect ride for you. Once you start getting up into the other divisions, the, the novice, the competitive pleasure, or the open, you start getting into higher mileage and faster ride times. With the leisure division ride, your average speed is somewhere between three and a half and four miles an hour. You start getting up into the, into the longer distance divisions and you're looking at four, five, and six miles per hour. So you're doing much more trotting, maybe even some cantering in the other divisions. So I guess you could say for our ride, our target would be anyone who's interested in trying out a competitive trail ride, anyone who is maybe familiar with competitive trail riding but has maybe an older horse or a young horse or someone who just wants to learn about competitive trail riding. Right. So that'd be perfect if you're just trying to get into it. It seems like you guys are setting up a no-pressure kind of a situation for them. Exactly. Exactly. So they'll be riding around 5,000 feet in elevation. How difficult is that trail that people will be riding? It's not terribly difficult, although there's quite a bit of up and down due to the topography of the ranch. Mm-hmm. Some of the roads have been sort of lost and forgotten, which I have been painstakingly trying to resurrect. So uh, that's where the bushwhacking comes in a little bit. But it's uh, sand and hard pack. And so even barefoot riders will do well. And September is going to be some great weather in Tehachapi. It says the Old West area of Tehachapi. Is there some history behind that? Yes, indeed, there is. And we actually hope to have a speaker during our time or waiting for the judges to tally up scores to enlighten us a little bit on the history of the ranch. West Ranch used to be a 5,000-acre cattle ranch. And my understanding is that an earthquake many, many years ago shifted the underground direction that the water was running, and it no longer became liable to run cattle on the ranch just because of the change in the water. Oh, wow. So uh, we'll, we'll embellish a little bit on that history with a, a guest speaker, we hope. And you've got a three-day weekend. September 4th and 5th is Labor Day weekend, so you'll have some extra time to get up there and get back home and, and still have a Monday free to do whatever you like. So it sounds like a fun time, you guys. And so if people want to find out more about the Old West Competitive Trail Ride, where should we send them? They can contact us via email at oldwestctr at gmail.com. Perfect. And I'll have that in the show notes at wopodcast.com. Hopefully you have a lot of people come out and ride with you. 
Well, we surely hope so. And you certainly are invited. Well, thank you. We'd love to bring our horses up there and ride with you guys. Anytime you'd like, John. That will do it for another episode. Thanks to Sarah Rennie, NATRC Executive Director. Thanks to John Zila for his suggestions and support over the years. If you're looking for something fun to do with your trail riding, check out the NATRC website for a ride near you. Remember, right now, new members join free. And if you're in the Central California area, check out Rob and Catherine's Old West Ranch Ride into Hatchapi over Labor Day weekend. It's sure to be a fun time. To see the show notes with links and photos, go to woepodcast.com. If you'd like to share a story or experience about your horse or suggest a guest, I'd love to hear it. Send an email to john at woepodcast.com or connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under the name Woe Podcast. I'd love to hear from you. Stay safe and healthy. Thanks again for listening and sharing the podcast with your friends and riding buddies. Until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.